When you look at the many ways healthcare professionals seek to provide excellent patient care, developing trust is around the top of the list. Those who trust their doctor are more likely to show up for follow-up visits, more likely to take their medications, and more likely to have their health needs met. But how does this process of relationship building translate to the world of telehealth? I'm Brian Lee, one of the content creators for the South Central Telehealth Resource Center. In this episode of Telehealth Talk, we'll discuss building trust with patients through telehealth with Rosalind Perkins, Telemedicine Clinical Services Director, and Shannon Berenger, Certified Genetic Counselor and Fetal Genetics Manager, both from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. The same tactics that are used face-to-face -face will work over telemedicine. Uh, and just if you keep that in mind, I always go into the telemedicine visit uh, as if it is a face-to-face -face visit, because it actually is. I'm just not in the room with them. That was Rosalind Perkins. When a patient comes into the exam room and he or she sees this big piece of equi equipment, um, we always give the patient an explanation of how things work, how they're being seen, who's on the other side, <clears throat> things like that. You can see on their face that, okay, you know, I get this. There are documents that they get in their packet, their patient packet that tells them about uh, tele what is telemedicine, tell them what to expect. So we go back and say, did you see in your patient packet uh, the information about telemedicine and how it works, what you can expect? Sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes no. So we always just try to verbally go over it and tell them what to expect, how the visit is going to work and things like that. So I will say things like, this can be very intimidating the first time um, that, you're, um, that you're using this. Shannon Berenger. I think I read somewhere recently where about 30% of um, the adult population between the ages of 25 and 45 are scared of new technology and really intimidated by it. Um, so if you think um, how scary sometimes a new phone can be when you're trying to use it, imagine something like this when you're a sick patient. The way uh, we put patients at ease that like that one-on-one -on -one contact, uh, kind of break the ice and you know, talk to them, hey, how are you doing? If they bring their child with them, I talk about their baby and how pretty it is, look at their color, their hair, their eyes. And in that way, I'm kind of putting them at ease and talking to them as if I'm right there in the room with them. Also, it's letting them know, wow, she can really see me. She can see my baby, things like that. So I put people at ease that way, talking to them. Some of the things, I'll just let them know who I am, who else is gonna be, you know, may pop their head in. I'll introduce and tell them who the genetic counselor is. I always tell them what physician we're working with that day, who the MFM is, things like that. So they kind of get a, a broad picture of who all is going to be involved. And when I do that, I'm thinking of a comparison to when you walk into a, a standard clinic. You can look around and you see, oh, this is the receptionist. This is this nurse is putting me in the room. I see three different doctors out there, and you know maybe they're already acquainted with those doctors, and they know who they may be seeing uh, by looking around. And I try to do it verbally. It is very important that we communicate properly and in a professional manner. Because we, you, don't, you never want the patient to think that's, oh, this is just something that they're doing. So everything that applies to nursing uh, and providers uh, providing healthcare, 
we have to carry it across to the telemedicine visit also. So we always identify the patient, hi, identify yourself and then say, so uh, what's your name and who am I talking with today? So you're verifying who that patient is. If they bring up somebody with them in the room, this is another component. We always say, okay, uh, Miss X, we're gonna be talking about some things. Is it okay that everyone stays in the room or this would be a good time for you guys to step out? And the patient will usually say, oh no, it's okay, they can stay here or just agree with us having them step out. So we just try to stay professional at all times uh, during the visit, but try to be laid back and calm enough. We wanna make sure they're at ease. I guess it depends on the setup that you have. Uh, from my experience, it's generally um, that the patient and their families are meeting one provider at a time. So they're going to perhaps sit down and talk with me, the genetic counselor first, and then um, uh, perhaps the APN next, and then the physician. Um, so it's nice in that sense is that in that it, that mimics how our face-to-face -face clinics run generally. So I'm able to sit down, introduce myself, what it is that I do, um, what I hope to be able to do for them, um, the same way I would in a face-to-face -face clinic. I really don't see anything different. I want them or see any difference between the two. I want them to know um, who I am, what my experience is, and why I'm there, what I, I might be able to do to help them. When we have to come together as a team, um, I think that can sometimes be intimidating to a patient on the other end because they're not certain who else may be listening in or around. Um, and so one of the things I noticed that APN, our APNs do very well in particular is if that's the case, they will tell the patient, hey, we're in this room. Um, this is a clinic room of ours. The door is shut your privacy is maintained, but all of us want to be together at the same time to be able to explain this to you um, and answer any additional questions that you may have. The patient, I think, should always have the opportunity, if possible, um, to be able to see a physician or a healthcare provider face-to-face. -face. It shouldn't be that telemedicine replaces that entirely. Um, it should be an option that helps the patient in some way, shape, or form and doesn't overwhelm them to the point that they're not going to get anything out of the visit. So there's certainly a few patients here and again that we get that I feel like, okay, maybe we didn't do them justice and their next appointment should be face-to-face -face with us. But for the most part, I think um, once the first few minutes of a session or a visit have um, happened, patients become more comfortable when they realize how much like a TV it is. Um, and I will tell them sometimes we will overlap in our talking. Sometimes you have to have a little bit of a delay. I also do very practical things, I think. I want to get as close to the unit as I can so that the patient can see my face and see my um, some nonverbal cues I may be sh showing to them through my eyes or, or my hands or what have you. Um, the other thing it's hard not to do prefer for providers is to not focus on the screen when you're talking because then the patients from the patient perspective they see you looking downward. You have to really look right into the camera um, and that's the um, that's the best way that the patient is going to see your um, your facial <coughs> features and be able to connect with you I think at a much better level. So from a provider standpoint, it does take some getting used to. Um, and then I, you know, I instruct the patients that way too. You're going to want to look at the screen because you're going to see me. But when you're when you're talking to me, it helps me um, to be able to look directly into your eyes as well. Picking up on nonverbal cues takes some getting used to over. Um, 
a video screen. So um, I try as a provider to recognize that what I use in face-to-face -face sessions, such as coming closer to the patient or uh, leaning back from the patient or uncrossing my arms, uncrossing my legs, still comes across to them as, as being open um, or closed off from whatever they're saying to me. So I don't want um, to ever lose those, um, those cues. So patients, uh, and I think patients pick up on that pretty rapidly during the session. You can tell by the body language somebody that's their first time and you're, you're, you know, you're talking with them, uh, but for the majority, they like being seen over telemedicine and it's convenient even if they hear bad news. Uh, we've done a survey, uh, some research on that, and the majority of people say that they are very comfortable getting bad news over telemedicine because they're close to home. And, uh, it, it applies across the spectrum, you know, with the Spanish-speaking uh, patients and English-speaking patients also. Uh, you know, one of the things I love about working in Arkansas, and I'm not from here, um, but one of the things I love about working in Arkansas is that I get to take care of people um, of all um, ethnic backgrounds, all social backgrounds, all different types of educational backgrounds. Um, it keeps um, me on my toes and making sure that I'm, and that's very important to me as a provider, making sure that I'm reaching my patient in the way that is best for them and the way that they best understand. Mm -hmm. Some of the values, or some of the value of telemedicine that I've seen in that area, um, there are a lot of people from the more rural and poorer parts of Arkansas that are very distrusting of, of healthcare providers in the big city of mm -hmm. Little Rock. And that's a normal, what I used to think was not normal, I think is a very normal reaction. They've seen the same physician their entire lives. That same physician may have delivered them when they were born. So um, understanding that as a healthcare provider is very important. Um, and um, allowing the patient to realize, that, you know, hey, bring your family with you. You trust your doctor, your nurse so much that you've been seeing forever. They are welcome to come as well. I think that helps foster that sense of trust a little bit more and, and allows me to um, kind of bridge that gap of, of um, you know, perhaps that they feel uncomfortable. Even if they feel um, uncomfortable with the actual telemedicine unit, the medium we're using, um, they may actually feel more uncomfortable about driving into Little Rock and being able to, you know, see people that they don't know, even have to take an elevator up a few stories is, can be overwhelming to people. Um, so I think that's one way that we do that with the more rural um, patients, patients that perhaps um, haven't had a lot of exposure outside of their, their own community to healthcare um, providers. I think the patient recognizes when the provider feels comfortable and when they don't. So practicing helps, and I know it makes you feel silly, but using, um, whether that means using um, you know, fake or uh, dummy patients to practice that way, um, I think can help you as a provider in the long run. But um, just to be as open and honest and upfront about the, about the unit and the medium itself, it may, you know, to explain to the patient, this may feel very awkward and different to you, but I want you to know I'm listening to you, I hear you, I'm watching what some of your cues are, and if you feel like I'm really not picking up on something, let's talk about it.
of the tips, things that I use to get a patient at ease uh, is I'll just come in and uh, even if it, I have to start out with maybe the doctor who they referred them thought something may be wrong, I'll go into that and just talk to them about it and say, you know, when the test telling them it says increased risk, that doesn't mean that your child actually has it. And when the more I engage with them and they're they're responding, I'll engage with the family also. I always say, hey, who did who did you bring here with you today? And they can tell me. And I'll talk to them. Sometimes I'll talk about the weather. If it's around a holiday, I'll bring that up. You know, are you ready for Christmas? If you know what have you guys thought about what you're gonna name your baby? Just different things. Just engage them as you would even a friend uh, and just get them to talking and they'll get to talking pretty soon you're laughing and talking you go into your visit and it's like you've built this rapport not only with the the patient but the family member that's there and they they are so appreciative of it you can just look at them and tell by their body language and their responses you know they're not standoffish anymore where initially they may be just sitting there and you ask them something and they give you they'll just yes no and then you get to you know, start getting that engagement. So that's what I like to do. I go in, I talk about whatever's going on at that time that they probably know about. Like I said, it could be a holiday. It could be the kid in the room. Oh, they're, you know, adorable. How many children do you have? Are you hoping this is a girl or a boy? You know, just get them going. And it, it just seems like it brings down that wall and everybody's relaxed. So anything I've used coming in, it could be, uh, oh my, your hair is so pretty. Sometimes I'll, the patient, I'll get to talking with them and I'll look and I'm like, you're being seen for advanced maternal age. Oh my God, you don't even look like you're 30 years old. You know, those type things and you, you get them going. But yes, using those same tactics, it works over telemedicine. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find and follow us on Twitter at Telehealth Talk or leave us a message at info at learntelehealth.org. You can also visit our website, learntelehealth.org, for tools, tips, and resources to help you on your telehealth journey. That's learntelehealth.org. Thanks for listening.